0: James three thirteen through eighteen Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Thank you, Andrew. I want to invite you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Our sermon text today is verse 9. This fall, Shelly and I, along with Tim and Chris Casper, plan to make a trip to Romania. And we will be doing some preaching and teaching both in the churches up in the Damouk Valley and in Bucharest, but we'll also be teaching at the Bible College that is now led by Nick Sotir, following the pattern set uh, by our missionary, Dave Dernland. And we we are very eager for this time of fellowship with um, some brothers and sisters that have become really dear to us over the years, and we're really looking forward to it. We've not been with them since March of 2019, so there's like an ache in my heart, this longing to get back to be with them, and I'm particularly thankful this year that Shelly and I will have the opportunity to travel with Tim and Chris. Now, in preparation for that trip, I have already begun teaching the Caspers my vast Romanian vocabulary to prepare them for our visit. You're supposed to laugh at that. (laughs) <laughs> and by now you will have you probably remember my favorite Romanian word um, or greeting. You remember what it is? Okay, that's that is the English version. We need to have the Romanian version of it. It's pace, pace. Um, say it with me, pace. Very good. Um, pace means peace, and that is a typical greeting within the church there in Romania. Um, So I want you to turn to the person next to you and and greet them by saying pace. Alright, very good. Very good. I think you're ready for the trip. That's about the extent of my Romanian language. Um, But we can say to one another in Christ... Uh, pace, uh, because of what God has done for us through Jesus. Uh, in Christ, we have peace with one another. Um, in Christ, we have peace with God, and because of that, in Christ, we have peace with one another. The Apostle Paul exhorts us in Ephesians chapter four, verse three, to be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So that's something that we work hard to do because of what's been given to us in Christ. We we have peace because Jesus is the ultimate peacemaker. Uh, What is a peacemaker? Well, I want to suggest by definition that a peacemaker is one who helps restore broken relationships. So why is Jesus the ultimate peacemaker? Well, there is no relationship more broken than the relationship between God and man. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, they were driven away from the Garden. They were driven away from the presence of God, prevented from re-entry. disobedience against God or rebellion against God, simply wanting to go our own way rather than God's way is so offensive to a holy God who has created all things and sustains all things that eternal damnation and separation from God is a just punishment. There, There is no greater strife an enmity in any other relationship than between God and sinner. But God, in His grace, took the initiative to send His very own Son, Jesus, to be the ultimate peacemaker. You see, it is through faith in Jesus that we have peace with God. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since... We have been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, your, your sin broke your relationship with God. Your sin separated you from God. Because of your sin, God's just condemnation and judgment uh, was upon you. But God the Father sent His one and only Son to take the wrath for your sin. There is nothing that you can do. There's no amount of good works that you can do to atone for your sin. Forgiveness forgiveness comes only when you renounce any trust in yourself and you put your faith in Jesus Christ alone for salvation, as we sang this morning, in Christ alone. It's through faith in jesus that you have peace with god it's an objective thing it's a fact it's not based on how you feel at the moment you have peace with god through faith in jesus period nothing can change that you're reconciled to god through faith in jesus he accepts you based upon what jesus did for you and If you have put your faith in Jesus, you, you have the permission to call upon His name in times of trouble. You have the right to approach His throne of grace and live. You're no longer enemies with God. The Scripture even refers to us as friends with God. Jesus is the ultimate peacemaker. And built on that foundation, through faith in Jesus, we also have peace with one another. Um, Matthew 5.9, our sermon text today is this, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. So the primary focus of this verse is on this, this uh, truth, this uh, particular peace with fellow men. But without first having peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ, there can be no real peace between fellow men. Peace with fellow men grows out of peace with God. Um, Certainly today, it's in the news all around us, it's what we experience in a broken world, but there's racial divisions, ethnic divisions, political divisions, social divisions, that That run deep and they cause all sorts of conflicts and and wars and problems. And governments can pass laws making segregation between various groups of people illegal, but only the ultimate peacemaker, Jesus Christ, can bring about true heart-level peace between people. Um, we, We see it in the Bible in the first century. Gentiles and Jews were... Completely separate from one another. There there was great hostility between Jew and Gentile. But when Jesus came, all of that changed. Listen as I read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 18. Um, This is a remarkable change that Jesus brought about. Don't, Don't just tune a deaf ear to a very familiar text. Listen to But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. For He Himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in its flesh the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that He might create in Himself one new man in place of the two, So making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the father. What a wonderful truth it is that Jesus is our peace. He made two people, one people. Uh, in Christ, red, yellow, black, and white are fellow citizens and members of the household of God. And only Jesus can cure a heart gripped by racial and ethnic prejudice. This is happening in a beautiful way in Romania between Romanian Christians and gypsy Christian Christians. There, there has been historically a great divide. In fact, there is an occasion when we were picked up at the airport, and there were a bunch of uh, gypsies who were at the airport early in our days when we traveled. The law permitted that. We'd come out the doors to go to our our, our vehicle, and uh, someone would come up beside it. it was a gypsy that would come up beside you and grab your bag to carry it for you. And you're like, That's really nice of them, but... They had the bag in their hand, and you would not get that bag back unless you gave them big money. And they knew we were Americans, we're rich, and so that was a way that they made money. And so we were warned, hold on to your bag, don't give up your bag, keep your bag, you can carry your bag. So we did that, but the taxi driver that was was driving the vehicle with us uh, found out why we were in the country, we were there to teach the Bible, he said, oh, I'm, I'm a Christian, and... Uh, so we had a nice talk, but then he apologized about the, the, uh, the gypsies, and he said, they'll never change. And so we asked him, uh, is the gospel powerful enough to change the heart of a gypsy? No, they'll never change. Later that week, we completed a four-year study, and there was a graduation up in the Dumouk valley and there was a banquet celebrating that graduation afterwards and the tables were full not only of the men who were in the class but their their families came as well and they were all sitting around the table romanian christians and gypsy christians fellowshipping together laughing together talking together praying together and uh, Dave and I stood there next to a couple of, of the Romanian pastors, and they, they just said, you, you, don't, you, you can't begin to imagine how much delight it brings to my heart to see the gypsies and the Romanians fellowshipping together in Christ. Um, the church there in Romania is a beacon of light uh, in that culture, letting them know that the gospel is powerful and it takes two people who have many things that divide them and it brings them together in such a way that they can consider themselves brothers and sisters and have sweet fellowship together. That That is because Jesus is our peace. It takes warring parties and makes them one. It is a beautiful thing. Jesus... Is the ultimate peacemaker. And that's why God tells us through the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, and I quote, Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit. Just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all, who is over all and through all and in all. So make every effort to maintain that unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And then in Colossians three twelve through 15, we're told, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. Kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. (laughs) So, peace with God makes possible peace with fellow men. There there is a third type of peace, though. Through faith in Jesus, we can experience peace in our hearts. Um, This is a subjective peace. It's something that we experience in our hearts. Um, So let me ask you, are you ever anxious? Are you ever overwhelmed by worry? Does fear ever get the upper hand in your life? That's kind of like asking, do you breathe each day? So fear, worry, anxiousness are common problems that all of us face in varying degrees. It's a common problem. Secular counselors, people who give counsel, attempting their very best to give counsel to these kinds of problems, but they don't know the peace of Christ, will, will lead you down all kinds of different paths. But I want you to know, I want you to see what Scripture so clearly asserts, that Jesus is the solution for the anxiety and the worry and the fear that can be raging in our hearts listen to philippians 4 6 through 7 it says this the lord is at hand do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So Jesus is the solution for anxiety because He's near. We can go to Him in prayer about anything and everything. And in fact, this passage teaches us to be a people who are in the habit of running to the Lord when an anxious thought comes, when a worrisome thought comes, when we're tempted to give way to fear run to the Lord. Be in the habit of prayer. Pray about things specifically. Call out to the Lord. Pray for others. Pray for your own needs. And this passage talks about doing so even with thanksgiving. Um, It's funny that when we are intentional about remembering those things that God has blessed us with, those things that we can be thankful for, it kind of helps us to reorient the way that our minds are thinking. Our, our tendency is we can spiral down awfully quick, and we can go from bad to worse, imagining the worst case scenario. But as Philippians 4.8 says, it talks about, but whatever is good and right and noble and pleasing and excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. And so, One of the ways in which Jesus teaches us to fight against anxiety and worry and fear is to remember all of the things that are good that He has blessed us with that enables us to give thanks to Him. So being in a habit of prayer, praying specifically, um, praying with thanksgiving, recalling, rehearsing the many ways in which we can be thankful to God, And then the promise of the end of verse 7, it talks about in the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the peace of God will guard your heart and mind. It'll keep your heart and mind from, from raging with fear and worry so that you can't even think straight. So that you might get paralyzed and lose track of what's going on. So when you are in the habit of praying, when you pray about specific things with thanksgiving the peace of god he promises the peace of god will guard our hearts and our minds at the end of verse 9 there in philippians 4 it goes on and it says it's not just the peace of god that will be with you it says and the god of peace will be with you it's not just something that he gives it's he himself will be with us Um, we we need to remember that awesome truth when we're faced with anxiety and fear and worry. Um, There there is a way for us to, to experience the peace of God. There is a way for us to be comforted by the promise that the God of peace will be with you. Jesus is the ultimate peacemaker. But also, Jesus teaches us Uh, to be a peacemaker. Um, Let me mention six things this morning as we think about this beatitude. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Jesus here teaches us as believers to be peacemakers. And so I want to mention six things. It's not an exhaustive list, but it's some of the things I think that should be in the top of our list as we think about Uh, this desire to be a peacemaker and the first thing I want to mention is this peacemakers will share the gospel with others I think this is first on the list because without the gospel sinful man can't have peace with God and without peace with God we can't experience peace with fellow men that's impossible without the gospel Romans chapter 10, verse 14 and 15 says, How then will you cry on Him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him in whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Keep in mind, Jesus has sent you, the church. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. So if you want to be a peacemaker... You, you ought to be willing and you must be willing to engage in those opportunities that God gives you to minister the gospel, to share the gospel. Um, I, I want to encourage all of you to come out on Wednesday nights throughout the summer. Uh, the next two weeks, Shelly and I will be on vacation. We'll be gone. Uh, the end of this, the second week, we'll be in Pennsylvania uh, doing a graveside service for my dad. Um, and so if you could pray for us, With that i'd appreciate it but so we'll be gone the next two wednesday nights but then when we come back we're going to pick up a study that we are doing entitled equipped to witness so we're going to be walking through acts and learning from the book of acts how the gospel was ministered and what we can learn about the way the spirit of god empowers us to speak of jesus so that others will hear and others others believe so we encourage you to come and be a part of that on Wednesday night, beginning at 6.30. We have a short study. We spend time praying together. It's really a its a great time together. And I, I just want you to benefit from it. So come, be with us on, on Wednesday night. We, we want people to know Jesus. Uh, we want people to live for the praise of God's glory. It's only read Ephesians 1, 11 through 14. Twice in that passage, it talks about how God has redeemed us so that we would be a people who live for the praise of God's glory, for the praise of his name. And um, people who are in the world, people who are unchurched, can't do that unless they hear the gospel and the Spirit of God brings them to life and they repent and believe. And Christ has commissioned you to go... And to speak the gospel and to share the good news of Jesus with those who who haven't heard or who need to hear again. Um, So we we want to be people who live for the praise of Jesus' name. Um, And we ought to be burdened for others in our community, those in our family, neighbors, and so forth, that if they're not enjoying that opportunity to live for the praise of God's glory, they're missing out on the very best. And so, uh, you know, Romans speaks of us having beautiful feet. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Peacemakers share the gospel with others. Uh, Secondly, peacemakers want to honor their Savior in relationships. Ephesians 4 helps us to see how important relationships are. Um, Verse 1, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I I want you in this passage, I want you to notice the type of character that helps keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. It includes having this single-minded devotion to Jesus. It includes being full of humility and gentleness, where you're not impressed with yourself. You're impressed with God. He alone is good. Um, You're patient with people. You bear with one another in love. You're eager to... You have an eager desire to keep the unity that we have with one another in Christ. So peacemakers value relationships and do everything within their power to maintain the unity of the Spirit. Number three, peacemakers follow heavenly wisdom. Um, I had Andrew read from this text this morning. I'm going to read it again because there's some helpful truths in this text. There's some alarming truths in this text that we need to pay attention to. Um, if if I am in a situation where I need to have a hard conversation with someone, um, if I need to do the work of being a peacemaker, I will often come to this passage to prepare my heart for entering into Those kinds of conversations. Listen as I read James 3 uh, 13 through 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom. That comes from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits impartial and sincere and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace so let me ask you are you a person that tends to fight and stir things up or are you a person that tends to be a peacemaker does your life reflect earthly wisdom that as this text says is unspiritual is demonic (laughs) he speaks of jealousy and selfish ambition in that light Um, think think about that just for a moment jealousy and selfish ambition is referred to as unspiritual and demonic so if you are jealous of someone you are not happy when when they are blessed that, that creates all kinds of problems in relationships. If you're jealous, if you're not happy for someone when they are blessed, if, if you have selfish ambition, you're more concerned about your own reputation and desires than you are for God. And, and I think too often we minimize these kinds of things. Jealousy and selfish ambition. But they can, they can create huge problems in relationships we desperately need heavenly wisdom and i'm thankful that james helps us to see what that includes pure uh, you're, you're pure you have a single-minded devotion to christ i care more about god being glorified than anything else being pure peaceable gentle open to reason full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. I I encourage you just to kind of camp on that verse for a while, especially if you're going to enter into a hard conversation where you got to do some peacemaking. And let those verses kind of be a mirror to examine whether or not your heart is really ready to enter into that that conversation. That conversation needs to happen, but there's a good way to go about it. And there's a, there's a wrong way to go about it. And so that is an excellent text that just examines our hearts. Number four, peacemakers do what is right even when others don't. Uh, Romans 12, 14-18 says, Blessed are those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. So do what is right in God's eyes uh, in front of people. And then it says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Sometimes it's not possible. Um, at the moment, but even when others are living as your enemies, you can still respond in ways that will honor our ultimate peacemaker, Jesus. So do what is right even when others don't. And then fifth, when, when all else fails, peacemakers overcome evil with good. In Romans twelve nineteen through 21 we learn this, beloved Never avenge yourselves. But leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. It doesn't have to be difficult. Those are very simple, basic needs. If your enemy has a a simple need that you see, just meet that need as an expression of kindness. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. It's a way to stop him by returning good for evil. Verse 21 sums it up. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So, our culture says fight back fire with fire. Our sinful flesh wants revenge. Our sinful flesh wants our enemies to get what they have coming, but... God says, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And when you do this, you are trusting God to address hearts and lives of your enemies. In fact, if you take revenge and if you take matters into your own hands, you are, in a sense, taking God out of the picture. Um, We are to leave room for God to act. And so our job is when you've done everything you can to make peace, and it's impossible Don't be overcome by evil and become bitter and filled with wrath and unforgiveness and anger. Instead, overcome evil by doing good. Look look for opportunities just to show kindness. And then number six this morning, know that peacemakers are kind, compassionate, and ready to forgive. Um. Have you ever been hurt by somebody? I would be shocked if you were here this morning and you've never been hurt by somebody. I think it's a common thing. We've all been hurt and we've all hurt others. Um, Do you have enemies? Do, Do you have people who seem to look for opportunities to speak against you, to tear you down? I want you to know Jesus is the one that you need. Jesus is the solution. You must think and rehearse again and again how God has treated you in Christ. You have peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ, who willingly shed his blood for you. And when you think about how God has treated you in Christ, you you will be in, empowered and, and enabled to do what God commands you to do in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. It says this, "...let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you." Those are the kinds of things that can, can make our hearts captive if we've been wronged by another person and we don't take the steps to to be a peacemaker or if when you've done all that you can do and there still isn't peace if you don't commit yourself to overcoming evil by doing good it's these things that will take over your heart bitterness wrath anger clamor slander so Get rid of those things, is what the Holy Spirit says, and instead, be kind to one another, tender-hearted or compassionate, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So again, it's how God has treated us in Christ becomes the example, the pattern, the power that enables us to treat other people the same way. And so, if someone else has sinned against us, and they come and they ask forgiveness, we can say, yes, I forgive you because I have been forgiven a far greater debt. If someone sinned against you and they never ever acknowledge it, they never confess it, they never ask for forgiveness, you you can still guard your heart so that it doesn't become bitter or filled with anger by being ready to forgive, even though you can't actually forgive them if they don't ask you to forgive them. But you can guard your heart from being bitter and angry by being ready to forgive, by thinking about how God's treated you in Christ. So this really means that you and I need to be a people within our families, within the church, and then spreading out from here, we need to be a people who are quick to confess our own personal sin. We should be quick to ask for forgiveness. I was wrong for doing this. Will you forgive me? And we should be quick to grant forgiveness, to give forgiveness. And if we say, I forgive you, we're really making four promises. One, I'm not going to bring this up as an offense to hurt you again. I'm not going to talk with other people about this offense. I'm not going to sit around and dwell on it, and I'm not going to let it hinder our relationship. Um, Those are the promises when we say I I forgive you. Jesus is the ultimate peacemaker. Jesus teaches you to be a peacemaker, and in light of both of those truths, it, it shouldn't surprise us to see that peacemakers look just like their heavenly Father, uh, Matthew five nine says, "Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be sons of God." Um, ha- have you ever looked at your child or another child and, and say, I, "It's amazing, they look just like their daddy or their mommy"? Have you ever done that? are um, our little grandson, we got a text from Josh yesterday. He, he was with his cousins, and he was playing Risk. J- Bodie's five years old, and he was playing Risk all morning long. I mean, that's an adult game. Uh, Risk is a lot of fun, and he was just engaged in playing Risk all day. Thought, that is just like Josh. Josh is a, he loves playing board games, and Bodie is just following in his footsteps. The uh, last time they were here to be with us... Um, Shelly was saying goodbye to Bodie, and Bodie says, Mimi, can Pop start a business in Minneapolis so that you can get closer to us? And I'm thinking, what five-year-old asks somebody else to start a business, and I'm like, well, that's Josh. Josh is, he's just doing that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, that's where his heart beats. He loves to start businesses. And, and here's a little five-year-old boy that's asking Mimi to have pop start a business close to their house so we can <laughs> move closer to them. It, it's amazing how much a child looks and acts like their father. You and I have an opportunity to look like our Heavenly Father, and we can do that when we are faithful in being peacemakers. Um... We're not talking about peace at any cost. We're talking about genuine peace. And so that means that it takes us being honest, speaking the truth in love, working on problems. It takes us keeping current. Don't let problems just kind of stack up or sweep them under the carpet. We have to work at solving problems. When we do solve problems, we can't... uh, attack the person that we're talking with or we have a problem we have to we have to attack the problem i love you honey we have a problem let's that's let's work on it that's different than me and saying honey you are such a problem that doesn't work very well that's not being a a peaceable kind of person but if i can say honey i love you we have a problem let's work on that that's that's directing your attention in the, right, in the right way. And then finally, act, don't react. That's Ephesians 4, 31 through 32. Don't, don't give in to anger and rage and malice and bitterness. Instead, put on intentionally kindness, compassion, and forgiveness. The, these are the kind of things that will help lessen tensions, not exasper, exacerbate tensions. It, it will enable you to seek solutions to problems. It will enable you to ensure that communication is good, that you're understanding one another. God saved us in Christ to reflect the character of Christ for the praise of His name. Being a peacemaker is one significant way to reflect the Savior. Uh, So much so that Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Peacemakers will reflect the character of the ultimate peacemaker, Jesus. Um, in Jesus, we can truly say, Pache, Pache. And with the Spirit's help, let's, let's work hard to keep it that way. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the steps that you have taken to address the real problem of our hearts and to provide the real solution to our problem, which was sin and rebellion against you. Thank you for Jesus, who is our peace. And it's through Jesus that we have peace with you and peace with one another within the church. And I, I pray, Father, that you would help us to be a people who Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit that you've given to us. Help us to do that through the bond of peace that you have given. Father, we are weak, but you are strong. We know from experience how quickly problems can escalate and get out of hand. And I pray that you would help us to be people who learn to be honest and speak truth and love and to quickly work through problems and find solutions, work at solutions and be ready to forgive um, as we have been forgiven. And Father, I, I pray too for those times when when we have done all that we know to do, but whatever we do that seems like there still isn't peace, help us at that very moment to know that you will deal with hearts and that you call us to not be overcome by evil but overcome